Amen. Well, good morning again, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all of you that are here today. And for those of you watching online today, we want to wish all of our moms a happy Mother's Day today. What a great joy and honor it is to celebrate Jesus together, amen, and to come together as the body of Christ and be a part of some amazing things. I got two very special announcements I want to just share with you. Number one, if you are a lady today, 18 years and older, uh, on your way out today, make sure to stop by our donut wall, all right, get you a party in your mouth, right? That's what we call it. Uh, donuts like having a little party in your mouth and enjoy a little party from us to you. Just a little sweetness because we love you and uh, really appreciate all that you do. The second thing I want to announce this morning before we open the word of the Lord together is uh, I want to just let you know next Sunday we're going to be beginning a brand new sermon series entitled One Church, One Vision. And we're going to begin to talk next Sunday over the next few weeks about the vision direction that God has for Liberty Church. And next Sunday, we are going to make a very special announcement, probably one of the biggest announcements we have made in years about what we believe our next step is as a church as we continue to grow and reach out and raise people up in their full potential in Christ. So I want to encourage you, plan on being here next Sunday. You don't want to miss the big announcement. Uh, and again, we're going to step in uh, to a brand new series talking about what does it mean to be one church with one vision and continue to reach the world with the gospel? How many of you understand that if you're here today and you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, you are under a spiritual mandate to continue to grow and continue to reach out to the people that do not know Jesus Christ. You realize that's really what God has called us to do. Amen. And what a joy and what an honor it is to be a part of that. So next Sunday, we'll begin our brand new series with our special announcement. Well, today we're going to jump in uh, to maybe a very unusual Mother's Day message. You know, I pray and ask the Lord for uh, specific words, and I really believe uh, in bringing the word of the Lord when we come on Sunday mornings, really to just to hear what God has to say to us. And uh, as usual, God kind of gave me a little bit different word for Mother's Day today. Uh, the title of the message this morning is Woman, You Are Loosed, and uh, we're going to look at a great story out of the Gospel of Luke chapter 13, uh, and I want you to just look there with me if you will this morning. The Bible says, now he, speaking of Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself, and he said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight, literally means stood tall, and glorified God. Look at that first point on your outline today, because we want to grab just a couple truths from this scripture today. The first thing I want you to see and understand that this scripture gives us an amazing insight into, and that is simply this. There really is a demonic spirit of oppression that wants to keep people bound. There really is a demonic spirit of oppression that wants to keep people bound. And the reality is simply this. In our intelligent, technologically-based world, we sometimes forget that there really is a spirit realm and there is a real God, praise God, and there is a real devil, and there are demonic forces that are actually at work against us. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so caught up in what is happening naturally that sometimes I forget, hey, whenever, when things go wrong in my life, everything that goes wrong is not necessarily a natural problem. Sometimes it's actually a spiritual attack. 
And if you have any type of discernment about you, it's not very hard to look at our world and recognize that there is a demonic oppression that is against our nation and against our world that is driving people into a place of bondage and despair and hopelessness. When you watch the news or listen to the media out there that is today, it is unbelievable at the violence, the horror, uh, the abuse that is happening in our culture today as people abuse and hurt people in a culture. I mean, parents to children, children to parents, things that we used to read about and watch about New York City are now happening in Arab, Alabama. And the reality is simply this. There is a demonic spirit of oppression that wants to keep people bound. Now, in this story we read that we just read about, Luke uh, chapter 13, verse 11, the Bible says there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. She had a spirit of infirmity. Now, this infirmity was manifested physically in her body. And I want you to understand something. Spiritual attacks are manifested physically. Spiritual attacks come in the form of sickness and disease. Spiritual attacks come in the form of financial setbacks and poverty. Spiritual attacks come in the form of relationships that begin to crumble or fade away. Spiritual attacks come in the form of depression and oppression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety and worry and fear. All of those things are spiritual assaults and attacks of the enemy. Why? In order to make us bound. The Bible said of this woman in Luke 13 that she had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. The word bent over literally means bent together. This is literally how she had to walk. And for 18 years, she lived bent over by the oppression of the enemy. One of the ways that you know that you are oppressed by the enemy is that you have no vision for your future. See, when you're bent over to such a degree that this is literally how you begin to live, you can't look up, you can't reach up, you can't get a vision for tomorrow. And let me just say this to you today. I meet people all the time, Christian people that have no vision for their future that have no vision for the opportunities that God has given them. And in a world of unlimited opportunities, it is amazing how many people walk through life with a survival mentality, only trying to get through today or maybe trying to get through this week, but they really have no vision for their future. Why? I believe it's because we're oppressed. I believe it's because we have been bent over by the enemy for such a long time that we have lost sight of the future and the hope that we have lost sight of what God really has for us. And so we live under this oppression of fear, under this oppression of anxiety, under this oppression of insecurity. And instead of lifting our eyes and reaching up to the fullness that God has for us, we have lost our vision, we have lost our perspective, and unfortunately we've even lost our praise. Because that's what oppression does. The oppression of the enemy causes you to be bent over. It causes you to be bent over to the point that you lose your vision, you lose your perspective, and you lose your ability really even to lift your hands and your heart and life in a way that gives God glory. Let me say this to you today. God gets no glory through your defeat. God gets no glory through depression and oppression. If you're living in fear, God gets no glory from that. 
If you're living in insecurity and worry and anxiety, God gets no glory from that. When you allow those things, that spirit of oppression to begin to come upon you, all of a sudden it begins to bend you over. And instead of being able to stand up straight and lift your hands and give glory to God, you live under this weight of oppression, just struggling to get through one more day, having no idea or clue that there is a better life that God has for you called a life of freedom and hope through his son Jesus. And so we need to understand. We just need to be reminded. I really feel like the Lord said, Keith, I just want you to remind everybody, hey, guys, we are in a spiritual battle. There are spiritual assaults that are happening daily in our lives. Look with me in Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12 says this, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. King James uses the word wiles of the devil. But the word strategies is really, really accurate because literally that word strategies or wiles in the King James literally means a, a strategic plan of attack. There is actually a spiritual strategy against your life. And if you'll be honest with yourself and just think about yourself, let's, let's just think about this for a minute. Most of us are not battling 50 things. Most of us are not battling 100 things. Most of us are battling one, two, maybe three things in our lives. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you this question, if you could be free from one thing and that one thing, being free from it, would change your life forever, most of us could identify one thing. We could identify, yeah, that fear. If I could just get free from fear. If I could just get free from that worry and anxiety that I've been living under. If I could just get free from the insecurity. And here's what I want you to think about. There is a spiritual strategy against your life that didn't just start last week or last month. It's been with you your whole life. Right? Think about it. The things that you're struggling with now, more than likely you've been struggling with your whole life. Right? You've been struggling with fear, right? When you were a teenager, you struggled with insecurity, and now you're 30 years old and you're still insecure. You were a teenager and you struggled with, struggled with fear and fitting in, and now you're 35 years old and you're still struggling with fear and fitting in. You were 13 years old and you were full of worry and anxiety, and now you're 45 years old and you're still full of worry and anxiety. Why? Because there is a spiritual strategy against your life. And if you're here today, today we're celebrating Mother's Day. If you're here today and you're a mom, guess what? There are spiritually spiritual strategies against mothers. And one of the quickest ways to bend a mother over in oppression is to attack her children. You want to let mama come under the weight and the oppression of worry and stress and fear? Then let, let the devil begin to attack her kids. And if you're not careful as a mama, the devil will come against your kids. And if you're not aware that you're in a spiritual battle, you'll find yourself bent over. You'll find yourself under this weight of oppression and worry and fear where no longer are you dreaming and declaring the future and the hope that God has for your kids. Now you're just praying that maybe they can survive one more day. God, just give them grace to get through today. And we all need grace for today. But how many of you understand, there was a time in the heart of every mother where you saw the fullness and the potential of your kids and you were calling it out. Right? You were calling out what those, that child was supposed to be. When they were three years old, you were telling everybody how smart they were. They're probably a genius. I hadn't had them tested yet, but they probably are. 
right? And then they go from thir- three years old to 13 years old, and all of a sudden, you start feeling the oppression. See, because a mama, let me tell you what I know about a mama. A mama feels like her success is dictated and determined by her children's behavior. And when the kids are doing really good, mama feels like she's done a good job. And when the kids aren't doing so good, mama feels like she's a failure and somehow she missed it along the way. And that's a scheme of the enemy. That's a spiritual strategy that Satan is using against our mothers to oppress them and bend them over to a place that they begin to lose their vision, their perspective, and their praise for God. And so we're in a spiritual battle. And it doesn't matter if you're a single mom. doesn't matter if, if you're a mom of kids who are now grown up and you're an empty nester. Every stage of your life, there is a spiritual strategy that the enemy is working against you. And we just need to remember we are at war. We are at war. You talk to most Christians and most people today, and they have no clue there's a real spiritual battle raging around them every single day. And we blame this, and we blame that, and we accuse this, and we accuse that. But many times we fail to recognize the root of the attack, which is spiritual. And therefore we fail to win the battle. Look at that next point on your outline. We are in a spiritual battle. I want you to see this next statement. If you are fighting in the natural, a battle that is spiritual, you are always going to lose. We are in a spiritual battle, and if you are fighting in the natural, a battle that is spiritual, you are always going to lose. The Bible said of this woman that for 18 years she was bound physically bound, she was bowed over and bent over and unable to raise herself up. But the Bible tells us not that she had a physical infirmity, but she had a spiritual infirmity. And how many of you understand for 18 years she went to every doctor she knew? For 18 years she took every pill she could take. For 18 years, right, she was Googling what's the next best cure for what I'm going on. She was doing everything she knew to do for 18 years. But guess what? There was no natural remedy for her problem. Why? Because it was rooted by a spirit of oppression that had come against her life. There was not a doctor that could heal her. There was not a medicine that could cure her. There was not a treatment that could remedy her. Why? Because the root of her natural problem was a spiritual oppression from the enemy. And let me just say this to you today. That is why we should always be on guard against the enemy. Because how many of you understand that if you can can deal with temptation and the strongholds and the attacks of the enemy while they are in their infant stages, it's easier to get victory. But the more you allow fear, the more you allow insecurity, the more you allow worry, the more you allow jealousy to take root on the inside of you, the stronger it is gets and it finally takes you to a place where it's no longer a spiritual attack now it's a spiritual stronghold that has to be broken by the divine intervention of God in your life and so we recognize we are in a spiritual battle and if I'm going to win a spiritual battle I got to fight in the spiritual realm look at the next part of that statement there Satan's weapon of destruction is deception Satan's weapon of destruction is deception, right? You are actually bound to the degree that you're deceived. How does Satan destroy the nations? Through deception. 
He is the father of lies. He is the accuser of the brethren. And he destroys us by deceiving us, right? He deceives us into taking on a spirit of fear. He deceives us into moving into a place of worry and anxiety instead of faith and commitment and confidence in God. He deceives us into thinking somehow we're a failure when in reality God sees us as a great success. He deceives us. And so how do you overcome deception? You've got to overcome deception with the truth of God's word. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. And then he tells us what those strongholds are. They're arguments and they're high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And they're thoughts that are in contradictory to the will of God for our life. Joyce Myers was 100% correct when she said the battlefield is the mind, right? And we have to war by the Spirit to take every thought captive. Why? Because Satan destroys you to the degree that he deceives you. If he can deceive you into holding on to bitterness and resentment and refusing to forgive, he can rob you of your joy, he can rob you of your future, and he can, pre- uh, he can oppress you to a place of deep, dark depression where you see no hope or no future for your life. Satan deceives us. And so the Bible says we have to war, not naturally, but we have to war spiritually by taking our thoughts captive, by using the Word of God and the power and authority of our tongue, right? Death and life, we learned this just recently, right, is in the power of the tongue. We've got to speak the word. We've got to declare the word. We've got to use the word of God to renew our thoughts and our minds. Why? Because that's where the battle lies. That's where the battle lies. Now, I want to I do something with you today. Let, let's look at that next point. It is the will of God that you should be loosed and stand tall. Right? There is a demonic spirit of oppression. We are in a spiritual battle, but it is the will of God. It is God's will, God's plan, God's purpose, God's desire for your life that you be loosed and that you stand tall. God wants to break the chain of oppression off your life so you can stand tall and give glory to God, so you can live the life that God has called you to live. The scripture says that when Jesus saw the woman, he called her unto himself, and then he said, woman, you are loosed. And immediately he touched her, the Bible says, and the stronghold of the enemy was broken, and she stood up tall. My prayer for every person in this room today, that you leave here taller than when you came in. That you'd leave here taller than when you came in, that the weight of oppression would be broken off your life. The lies, the accusations, the shame, the guilt, the judgment, the condemnation. Right? How many moms are walking around today under a mantle of shame and guilt and condemnation because they went through a divorce when their children were little and now they feel guilty? They feel guilty. 
Because somebody else made a decision that affected the lives of their children, and their children are seemingly suffering for the choices and consequences of other people. And yet shame and guilt condemns them and robs them and oppresses them of the opportunity to live their life to the fullest potential and stand tall and give glory to God and lead their family as God would have them to lead. See, the devil wants to shame you, guilt you, and condemn you into a place of oppression where you're so bent over, you are no longer influential or doing any good for the people that God has entrusted to your care. And let me just say to all you moms today, you are more valuable and more important than you have ever imagined. We need you. And we're going to talk about that. Amen. We need you. Let's give them praise this morning. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says this, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. It is God's will for you to be free. It is God's will for the chains of oppression to be broken from off your life. It is God's will, right, that you be loosed and stand tall. So this morning I want to just kind of take this scripture out of Luke chapter 13. And I want to give you three truths today that I believe apply specifically to every woman in the room, but apply specifically also to every person here today. Look at this first truth from Scripture. I want you to see this. I want you to understand, number one, that Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. You're not invisible. You are valuable. In Luke 13, verse 11, the Bible says there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But verse 12 says, but when Jesus saw her. Let me tell you one of the schemes against women. One of the greatest schemes against women is to turn the lights out in church so you can't see anything. Make the video go really dark so everybody on YouTube is wondering what happened to that crazy preacher. But here's the scheme. I want you to see this. I want you to understand the scheme of the enemy against your life. The, the devil wants you to think that you are invisible and not valuable. He wants you to think that nobody sees you. And this is one of the things I can tell you hands down. For over 20 years, Kelly and I have been pastoring and ministering and counseling women. And one of the things we have recognized and heard consistently over those 20-something years is that most women, specifically moms, struggle with this scheme of the enemy against their life that nobody sees and nobody cares all the things that I do, right? I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm washing, I'm picking up, I'm doing the laundry, I'm sweeping the floors, I'm taking out the garden. I'm changing the diapers. I'm doing all these things, and it seems like nobody cares, nobody sees it, nobody appreciates it. I'm just their maid. And almost every mom in here is nodding your head on the inside saying, I felt that way. Preach on, Pastor Keith. I know exactly what you're talking about. Nobody sees me. Nobody cares. I work and I work and I work and I work and I do and I do and I do and I do and nobody ever says thank you and nobody really appreciates it and nobody even acknowledges all the fact, the fact of all the things that I have been doing daily, 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 daily in our family. And I, am, I might as well just be invisible because it doesn't even matter. I want to tell you ladies today, that is one of the greatest schemes against your life. That is one of the greatest schemes against your life because this is what the devil knows. The devil knows if he can get you to believe the lie that nobody sees and nobody cares and what you do doesn't matter. If he can get you to believe that lie, let me tell you what will happen. He knows he can get you to disconnect 
to disconnect emotionally, to disconnect relationally, and to disconnect spiritually. Now, let me tell you what I know about women. Women are amazing creatures, right? God made you ladies awesome. And this is what I know about women. Women will keep showing up. Right? They'll keep doing. They'll keep doing the laundry. They'll keep mopping and vacuuming. And, 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 and they'll keep, keep uh, doing all the stuff they do every single day, cooking and cleaning. They'll keep doing all those things. But this is what will happen. If you believe that lie, ladies, that what you do really doesn't matter and nobody really sees and nobody really cares, you'll keep doing what you're supposed to do. But you know what will happen? You'll disconnect emotionally. You'll disconnect relationally. And you'll disconnect spiritually from your family. And you'll still do everything you're supposed to do because that's what mamas do, right? You'll keep doing all the things you're supposed to do, but all of a sudden you will begin to disconnect emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And this is what happens when that happens. When you disconnect emotionally, spiritually, and relationally from your family, you lose your influence in their lives. When you disconnect emotionally, relationally, and spiritually from your family, you will lose your influence in, your life, in their lives. And how many of you understand it is your influence in that family that is critical to what God is desiring to do in the home? We've all heard the statement, right? The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. So true, right? Nobody has more influence over the life of a child than their mother, right? The person that is loving them, caring for them, providing for them, changing them, taking care of them, and helping them grow and become. But if you as a mom believe the lie that nobody cares and nobody appreciates, appreciates and nobody even sees what you're doing anymore, you will keep doing what you're doing but you will disengage and disconnect emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And the moment that happens, you lose your influence. The moment that happens, I want you to hear this. The moment that happens, you do become a maid. Because think about this. A maid does not have emotional, spiritual, or relational authority in the family. If you're hiring somebody to come clean your house, that person that's coming in cleaning your house, they don't have emotional, spiritual, or relational authority or influence in the home. But when mama, right, when mama takes care of the family, and mama does the things that mamas do, and mama loves and supports and encourages and corrects and disciplines and does all the things that mamas do day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, and you stay engaged, you know what happens? Every day that you do those things, you cultivate influence in your family and you are to help navigate the future of your children and even your spouse to help them become the person God has called them to be. But the devil tries to get you to believe nobody sees, nobody cares, and you're just invisible and you don't matter. You're just a maid. No, you're not. You're the mom. <laughs> and you are powerful and you are mighty and you have great influence in that home. The scripture here tells us that Jesus saw this woman. I want you to understand Jesus sees you. He sees everything that you do. He sees the labor that you have invested in your family. He sees the early mornings and he sees the late nights. He sees it all. And let me just say on behalf of your husbands and your children, for all of us men out there and all the kids out there, let me just say a great big thank you, right? On behalf 
of all the, the dads and the husbands and the kids, let me just say thank you. The truth is, we probably don't say thank you enough. We probably don't appreciate you enough. We probably don't give you cards and flowers, except maybe one day a year when everybody tells us we're supposed to give you cards and flowers right on Mother's Day. Other than that, we probably are not doing what we should do, but I want you to understand you're not invisible. You have value, and Jesus sees, and so do we, and we appreciate who you are. You are making a difference. And we love and appreciate you for that. The second thing I want you to see is not only does Jesus see, second truth, is that Jesus calls you to himself. Verse 12 says, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself. Jesus calls you, calls you to himself. Why? Because you're not a misfit, you were made to fit. You're not a misfit, you were made to fit. The second thing that Kelly and I have noticed in 20-something years of ministry is that most women struggle with fitting in. Most women struggle with the insecurities that feel like, that causes them to feel like they just don't fit, right? I don't fit my family. I don't fit at church. I don't fit on the job. I just don't seem to fit in anywhere. I'm just different than everybody else. Else. And I want you to understand, as long as you believe that lie, because that is a scheme and a strategy of the enemy that is used against women consistently. If you believe that you just don't fit in, you know what will happen? You'll disconnect. Again, you might still show up physically, but you'll disconnect emotionally. You'll disconnect relationally. You'll disconnect spiritually. And guess what will happen? Not only will you now lose your authority and influence in your home, you'll lose your authority and influence on your job, in the church, and in the community where God has placed you and positioned you and anointed you to be a difference maker. And so what happens is, is we, we believe this lie, ladies, Right, that I just don't fit in. I'm just a misfit. I'm not, I'm not skinny enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not talented enough, or I'm not educated enough, or I'm not this enough in order to fit in. And everywhere I go, I just feel like I never really fit. Well, let me just give you a revelation today. Number one, the devil's a liar. <laughs> Number two, here's another lie that you believe. We have believed the lie that because we're not like everybody else, we don't fit in with everybody else. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. I want you to hear it. The truth is, it is your differences from everybody else that makes you uniquely qualified to fit in with everybody else. It's your differences with everybody else that makes you uniquely qualified to fit in with everybody else. The fact that you're different doesn't mean you don't fit. The fact that you're different means that you are necessary and needful for what God is wanting to do, right? Because we don't need 20 people that are just alike. We need 20 people that are a little bit different from one another because when you get together differently and all of a sudden we work together for the same purpose, great things begin to happen. How many of you ladies understand you're a lot different than your husband? but you're a perfect fit. You're not a misfit because you're not the same. You're a perfect fit because God created you that way. Jesus called this lady unto himself. And I want you to understand, God is calling you unto himself. And the fact that God calls you unto himself is an indicator that you're not a misfit. You are perfectly made to fit in the body of Christ, in the family, in the church, and in the world. There is a perfect place for you because you were divinely created by God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
I mean, if you just think about, right, the differences between men and women, it's crazy. You know, most of us, let's just be real honest, most of us men are oblivious to what's happening around us in the world most days. And I'm just going to be really honest with you, I am really happy most of the time with my obliviousness. I'm glad I don't see everything and I don't hear everything and I don't perceive everything and all those things, right? I'm so happy most of the time I'm very content in my oblivious condition. But how many of you know that's not always a good thing? And how many of you men understand if it were not for our wives, Lord help us, there would be so much that we didn't see, so much that we didn't hear, so much that we didn't deal with that needed to be dealt with that our world would be a crazy mess. But my wife, and I know this is true about your wives, men, your wife sees things you don't see. Your wife is intuitive about stuff that you're not intuitive about. Right? Kelly will come to me over the years. Kelly come to me and she'd say, I think there's something going on with one of her kids. And I'm like, no, they're fine. No, really, I think there's something going on. I'm like, no, I talked to them yesterday. They're doing great. No, really, I think there's something going on. And you know what? There was usually something going on. Why? Because she sees stuff I don't see. Ladies, you see things, you perceive things. And again, think about that. It is your difference that makes you fit. Not your sameness, your difference. That's what makes us complement one another in our relationship. That's what makes you complement the people around you. It's not that everybody has to be the same. You don't fit is a lie from the enemy. You were made to fit by God. You were made to fit by God. So let me give you one last thought. Jesus sees you, Jesus calls you, and then Jesus will loose you and set you free. His presence, his power, and his word makes you pregnant with truth. It was Mother's Day, and I wanted to use that word pregnant. And so the Lord was gracious and kind and said, okay, go ahead and use it. Right? Jesus will loose you and set you free. His presence, his power, and his word makes you pregnant with truth, right? If the enemy is a deceiver and a liar, the only way to fight a spiritual battle of deception is to use the spiritual truth of God's word. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus' presence, Jesus' power, and Jesus' word changes our lives. Why? Because it impregnates us with the truth of God that dispels the lie and empowers us to be lifted up from the chain of oppression and begin to walk in the fullness of truth. In John chapter 8, right, we know this scripture, many of you know it. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the truth will set you free I was thinking just visually in my mind about what we've been talking about how that when you are bound you're bent over and how that fear and insecurity and worry causes us to be bent over jealousy and envy I want to just say to you ladies, jealousy and envy is probably one of the greatest schemes he uses against your life. Kelly and I, years ago, we'd go visit somebody and we'd leave from their house and she'd say, man, did you see their house? I was like, yeah, it's pretty nice what we have for supper. She says, no, did you see their house? Did you see that bedroom? Did you see that carpet? Did you see that paint color? And I found out a long time ago, we just can't go visit anybody because it costs me a lot of money. 
Now I'm picking on Kelly. But you know what? For ladies, all you ladies know that's true, right? You go somewhere, you're looking at their house, you're looking at their car, you're looking at this, you're looking at that. And if you're not careful, the enemy will use jealousy and envy to bend you over. And you start looking at what everybody else has got and you can't see what you've got. And this is how you begin to live your life. Fear and jealousy and insecurity begins to weigh you down. And this is how many people are living their lives. They're walking around under the weight of oppression. But then I thought, I was thinking about this, and I said, well, you know what, Lord? I said, that's how we walk when we're bound and oppressed. But, Lord, you said that you wanted to make us pregnant with truth and that the truth would set us free. And the Lord said, Keith, this is how you walk when you're bound and oppressed, but this is how you walk when you're pregnant with truth. Boy, when you get pregnant with truth, you know what happens? You stand tall. You throw them shoulders back and you stick out that pregnant belly and say, I'm pregnant and I'm proud. Right? We need some Holy Ghost waddling people in the house today. We need people to get so pregnant with truth that you're standing tall with your shoulders back and you're waddling with a Holy Ghost waddle because the truth of God has set you free from the bondage of oppression. And I want to say to you today, God wants to impregnate you with truth. Because it's that truth that causes you to stand tall. It's that truth that will cause you to hold them shoulders back. It's that truth that will say, I am pregnant with the truth of God. And I am not bound. And I will not bend over. And I will not bow to the schemes and lies of the enemy any longer. I'm going to stand tall and give glory to God because his word is true. So this is what I want to ask you to do. Let's just bow our heads. If you're watching online today, I want to ask you right there just to bow your head also where you're seated there. Maybe you're in your home. Wherever you're at today, let's just bow our heads before the Lord. And this is a challenge I want to give you this morning. We're going to do two things today. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Keith, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. But I also know that I've, I've allowed the schemes of the enemy to cause me to be bent over. I've lost my vision for the future. I've lost some of my praise unto God. I'm not looking ahead anymore. And today I want to change that. Today I want to let Jesus set me free. I want to run to the one that is the embodiment of truth. And I want to let the truth of Jesus Christ free me. If you're here today and you're saying, today I want God to loose me and let me go. I want to stand up straight like I've never stood up before. Then I want to ask you to do something. Just a simple, bold act. I want you just to stand to your feet all over this sanctuary. I want to be free today. People are standing all over this place today. Those of you that are watching online, just stand up right where you're at. Just a simple act of faith. Faith without works is dead. There's something powerful when we just stand. Something powerful when we just exercise our faith. 
And as you're standing today, you're boldly declaring, today I'm going to stand up straight. I'm going to ask God to loose me and let me go. And I'm going to stand up straight. I'm going to walk taller than I've ever walked. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to let His truth set me free. I want to just pray over you today as you're standing right now. Just remain standing. Let's just lift our hands. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare freedom. I declare, woman, thou art loosed. In the name of Jesus, God, loose every man, loose every woman that is in this place today. God, we have stood today by faith. God, loose us from the bond and oppression of the enemy. We recognize we are in a spiritual battle, and today we do war. We exercise the authority and the power of Jesus' mighty name and the authority and the truth of your word today. God, I declare that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God, I command every line, every scheme of the enemy to be broken right now. God, we renounce and break all agreement with every ungodly belief, with every lie, with every scheme and every wicked device of the enemy. And Lord, today we receive your truth. Jesus, you are truth. Set us free. And Lord, I declare today that we are loosed. And that today as we stand, we are spiritually representing the fact that today we are standing tall like never before. God, I declare today fresh vision, fresh perspective, and Lord, a brand new, renewed purpose in each of our hearts and our lives as we choose freedom through the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you, amen, you can take your seat, but I want to ask you just to remain seated for just a minute. And I want to just do one more thing before we close. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I've never really been saved. I've never really truly surrendered my life to Christ. And I saw all these people stand up and, and they said they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and they want to be free and, and God frees people. I want to be free. But I realize today I'm without God. I'm standing on the outside looking in, but today I want to come in. I hear the voice of God calling me in. And that's what he's doing today. He's calling you in. He's calling you unto himself. Maybe you're watching today online and you don't know the Lord, but today you want to trust him. This morning is our opportunity. So with every head bowed for just another moment, we're going to get ready to close our service in just a few, few moments. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, today I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins and lead me into my future. And I want to trust him as my Lord and Savior. I want you to stand up right now. Today I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Just a simple act of faith. Just a simple act of faith this morning. As you stand to your feet, our ushers are going to just come put a, a, a simple packet in your hand. We want to help you take those next steps. If you're praying this prayer with us online, you can just email us and let us know. Message us, and we'll send some information to you. We want to help you take those next steps. I just want to pray this prayer together with everybody that's here. Just pray it out loud with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I commit my life to you today.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise this morning.